Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of In Focus. I'm Maddie Mosley with Bailey Grant and Jessica Bertram. Every other week we explore various genres of music. We also interview local artists and take a deeper dive into the Arizona music industry. For this episode, instead of meeting with the local artists, we decided to visit the number one attraction in Phoenix that is all about music and happens to be one of the top 20 museums in the United States. Before we get to the interview, I'm here to tell you a little bit more about the Musical Instrument Museum. Firstly, the Musical Instrument Museum is commonly referred to as the MIM. You will see at the MIM that there are items from local and worldwide musicians, some such as Taylor Swift and Elvis Presley. You will also see that the unique instruments that are displayed around the MIM are some dating back to 9,000 years ago. The museum also has a theater where they have had around 270 performances this year from a variety of musicians. Maddie Mosley talked to the theater's manager, Patrick Murphy, and learned more about the theater and the performances that go on there. What is up, In Focus listeners? It is Maddie Mosley back again for our next episode. I am joined here by Patrick Murphy. He works here at the Musical Instrument Museum, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about their theater that they have here and kind of how they make things run smoothly. So thank you for joining us, Patrick. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. We're excited. So to get things started, how do you guys decide which artists are going to come and perform here? Well, it's a little bit complicated. Our artistic director, uh, Lowell Pickett, he does the majority of our artist booking. He lives in Minneapolis full time. He, he splits his time between Minneapolis and Phoenix. And he is among the most connected people I've ever met in my life. He knows a lot of artists, a lot of agencies. He tries to create a concert series that reflects the variety and diversity of what we have in our museum. I like to think of the theater as the museum come to life. I like that. I bet that makes it that much more of an experience for all the guests that come to just after seeing the museum and then getting to be part of concerts and stuff that happen. It's very exciting. People can go upstairs to our galleries and discover music from all over the world and then they can come down into the theater and see it right in front of them. I like that. And would you guys say, since you said that he does do all of the booking and has a lot of connection to different artists, would you say that um, there's a lot of artists that are like local that come, or is it kind of a mix of different artists from all over? We have a mix, and that includes local artists. We actually do a series called IMAZ, and I'm the one responsible for booking that series. And in just a few weeks, uh, I should be announcing we'll have five shows in the uh, upcoming months, January through April, uh, of local artists, in addition to some local co-productions and concert series that we do with organizations around the valley. And so does that kind of feed into your role of everything that you do here at the theater? Like what other, um, are you charged of any other programs or putting anything on like with the concerts or just kind of booking the talent that comes? Well, my job, I oversee the day-to-day operations of the theater. So I handle all the contracts that come in. I uh, oversee the scheduling. I, I oversee pretty much everything that happens with shows. And of course, I'm here to introduce the majority of shows. And I'm kind of, I'm here as a face uh, for people to interact with, a person that people can interact with on a day-to-day basis. 
That sounds fun. That sounds like you've got a lot going on. I can imagine your schedule stays very busy. It is incredibly busy. We do, I think by the end of this year, we will hit about 270 performances in the theater. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot, which is, is awesome. It is a lot. It's great. And every, ever since I've been here, I've been here since before the doors opened. And our first year, I think we did something like 80 shows. And the second year, we did a little bit more, then a little bit more, and a little bit more until we've now reached... Uh, this amount of shows that we're doing so every year it's increased we're getting more local support more um, more people just understanding what MIM is about what we stand for and just coming and seeing incredible concerts that's awesome and so do you guys use any of the funding from the concerts for different things here at the museum or does it all go into the theater whenever it needs upkeep or anything like that it's a mix of things. We are a part of the museum, so our purpose, we do help support the museum um, in all of its operations, um, and we, we try to be uh, a good neighbor to everyone that's here at MIM. And so, obviously, you guys book a lot of artists that come, so there has to be a lot of promoting that goes on to it. That's something we like to talk about in our podcast because we know there's obviously that business aspect Mm -hmm. um, to the music and everything that goes on. So how would you guys say, I know you're obviously kind of the face, the person that interacts, and is there any specific route that you personally take in helping um, to promote the different concerts that come? I create some of the content for our website, but really it's our marketing team that handles the actual marketing of performances. We've got a fantastic team team of people they're responsible for the entire museum and we do have a theater marketing specialist who focuses on the shows and he he really is the driving force behind getting the word out about shows reaching different communities um, contacting as many people as we can in the valley and outside of the valley as well so um, while I do have a role in that we have an entire army of people standing ready to help us uh, get these shows um, on sale, make sure that they appear fantastic to our potential audiences and reaching out to the local community. Awesome. And do any of the artists that ever come to play donate any instruments to the museum? Does that ever happen? We have had a few a few artists come in and donate instruments. In fact, there is an instrument upstairs, I can recall it offhand, uh, by, uh, it was made by a gentleman by the name of Mark Savoie. He's a performer from Louisiana. Uh, He is the lead performer of the Savoie family band. He donated an accordion that he made. He took salvaged wood from an old barn and made an accordion. And he donated that before he performed here. And actually when he came to perform, he requested uh, to play that instrument. And it was really special seeing him uh, come in contact with that instrument again, something that he had given to us so it does happen yeah we get artists who want the more artists that we get that come here the more they want to be a part of the museum i can imagine they would as well just seeing the theater and how beautiful it is can you describe that a little bit for our listeners who may have never visited the mim before what's so special about your guys's theater our theater it's a very intimate space it seats 300 people it's very comfortable the seats are a little bit larger than average the acoustics in the theater are pretty spectacular we do like i said so many different shows and so many different styles of shows we can do an a completely acoustic 
classical performance and then the very next night we can do a rock show and we can adjust the theater to meet the needs of both artists that are coming in. So it's a really fantastic space. It's incredibly intimate. There's not really a bad seat in the house, either for sightline or for sound. You can hear everything, whether you're in the back, whether you're in the front. And because it's such an intimate space, you can see everything. I like it. Well, and since we just took a little look at it, it is beautiful. And I can only imagine just us talking in there. It sounded <laughs> great just being in there. Yeah. It made me want to be in that <laughs> and get out there and put on a concert at the MIM. So I can only imagine that's exciting. Um, and do you ever have artists that come back multiple times and perform throughout? Or is it just kind of a one thing and they're like, see you next year? Or We have a lot of artists that that want to come back here. Sometimes when we get artists, they're not quite, for the first time, they're not quite sure what to expect when they come to our venue. They see that they're performing at a museum and there are certain connotations that go with that. But then they come here, we try to get everyone through the museum itself so they can see exactly what we've got. And then they get on our stage and they're just blown away. And ever since I have started here, we have more and more artists coming back that request to perform here. And then just lastly, what would you share with the listeners? Uh, what would you say that they can expect upon visiting the Musical Instrument Museum and coming to one of the concerts here? Well, when you come to visit the Musical Instrument Museum, you can expect a celebration of the world. We showcase as much as we can and as respectfully as we can so people can understand both the differences and the commonalities in the world's cultures and how that all comes together through music. And when they come to our theater, they come to hear, they come to an intimate space to hear any number of shows. And again, they can see, the com see and hear the commonalities of different shows, how different shows are connected, people from different countries from all over the world and see exactly what those similarities are and how the motto of the museum is music is the language of the soul and they can hear that alive in our theater. And it's such a special place to witness that. I love that that you said that because that was something I pointed out. I saw it out on one of the signs when we walked in. I was like, that's so cool. We need to get pictures of that because <laughs> I think it is really true that music does bring people together and the fact that you guys are able to bring it from all over the world mm -hmm. and have people from all over come and be able to enjoy that. I think is amazing um, that you guys are doing that here. And is there any last thing you'd like to add for our listeners? Oh, goodness. So um, we'll be announcing our spring concert season on Friday. We have... 45 shows between January and April that we will be announcing and those will be available uh, for sale on Monday and uh, to our Circle of Friends members and then to the general public on Thursday uh, and we've got such a huge variety of shows I'm sure that if people take a look at our website see what we've got they might find something that is really of interest to them and I would love to see them at a show. We'd like to thank the Musical Instrument Museum for joining us on In Focus. Connect with the museum on social media and at their website, mim.org. Thank you for listening to Season 2's finale of In Focus. In Focus is a podcast produced by Cronkite News in association with Arizona PBS. 
I'm Jessica Bertram, along with Maddie Mosley and Bailey Grant. Our opening song is Take You Home Tonight by Vibe Tracks, and our closing song is Scarlet Fire by Otis McDonald. 